Blog Talk Radio. It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show. Hope you are having a very blessed and peaceful Easter weekend. Uh, Some people refer to this weekend as Resurrection Weekend. So at either rate, hopefully you are having a very blessed time of this year. Well, we have a lot of show to get to you, lots of guests. So let's get started right now. Well, the whole world is familiar with Leonardo da Vinci's iconic and world-renowned painting, The Last Supper. And now, during this Easter celebration, this masterpiece is being brought to life through an international artistic project titled The Last Supper, The Living Tableau. And for people like me who do not speak French, wished I did, or any second language, I should be ashamed of myself. But for people like me who did not exactly know what a tableau vivant is, it's French for living picture. And traditionally, it's a theatrically designed style. Um, It's a scene with actors, they're in costume, they're carefully posed with beautiful props and great lighting, great scenery. So with this particular project, The Last Supper, The Living Tableau, it's an outstanding nine-minute video digital painting. Yeah, in short, it's a beautiful digital painting. And for this project, it was created and filmed in exquisite, exact detail by Italian filmmakers, film director Armando Linus Acosta, cinematographer Vittorio Storaro, production designer Dante Ferrete, and set decorator Francesca Lo Schiavo. Among this group, there are a total of nine Academy Awards. This is a very talented group of legendary Italian filmmakers. In fact, uh, production designer Dante Ferretti was the production designer for the movie Casino. And he spent, obviously, quite a bit of time here in Vegas. And, by the way, Casino is one of my personally favorite films. I just love it so much. But, anyway, this uh, current digital painting project, The Living Tableau, is now being shown this weekend, this Easter weekend, at key locations throughout the world, and will pay honor, in addition to being, you know, just great for us general public, uh, this film part, digital painting film project will pay special honor to those who have suffered loss and um, isolation and just, just illness for, during this pandemic. The uh, film has already been privately screened for Pope Francis and key officials from the Vatican, and it was received with an overwhelming positive response. So now, let's switch you to a pre-recorded interview that was done earlier this week with me, and I have three of the filmmakers from the project. I have cinematographer Armando Linus Acosta, and wrong, I should say director Armando Linus Acosta, production designer Dante Ferretti, and set decorator Francesca Lowe 
Chavo. Now, all three of these filmmakers were calling directly from Rome. Yes, and each one was in a different part of the city. It was fun. It was interesting, but we managed to get the conversation done. I think we did this interview, was it Wednesday? Yeah, it was Wednesday. So let's switch over and take a listen to my chat with all three filmmakers about this fascinating uh, nine-minute digital uh, video film, The Living Tableau. Let's take a listen. So on the line here, calling both of you are calling all the way from, from Italy. Uh, we have yes. Armando and Dante, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay, so you gentlemen, uh, all of you um, have put together this amazing, amazing project here. Um, Leonardo da Vinci's classic, The Last Supper, Masterpiece, but you guys have turned it into uh, what you're calling uh, a living cinema um, the living tableau. Is it tableau or tableau? What is the right pronunciation? It is a tableau. 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 Okay. So, tableau. Of course, we, tableau. Well, we all, of course, are familiar with the iconic uh, painting masterpiece, but what is the living tableau digitally mastered? What is this project all about? Janet, I will interrupt you quickly. Francesca Luschiavo has now joined us, so we have Armando, Dante, and Francesca, along with you, Janice, on the radio. Okay. And we have also Leonardo da Vinci. Hi. Hi. Janice, I can answer your question. Okay. Hi, Francesca. Okay. Okay, Armando, go right ahead. Go right ahead. All right. The first thing we have to know is that the tableau that we filmed which was the, the desire and the end result was to have human beings virtually identical to the masterpiece of Leonardo. But the, many don't realize that I'm actually making a full-length feature film. I'm halfway through, and it's epic in, in, in status. Uh, there'll be stars of place, and I'm halfway through. I haven't shot one frame of footage in over a year, but boy, the minute I get back to Belgium, and in India, I'm going to be finishing a feature film, and the tableau was not designed to be an independent film. It was just the opening 10 minutes of my movie. As you would go to see a, a big, big film, you see the titles. Sure. And so that's, that's, how that, that's how that came about. But when I started working on it, it suddenly became something as a, as a work of art for me. It was like painting. And it's become, it's become that, excuse me, with the, the museums, we're going to be all over the world in the museums. The Louvre, the Louvre is interested in it. And uh, we certainly premiered the tableau in the Palazzo, uh, uh, Piazza Reale. This is where Leonardo lived. And that's also, I just finished filming uh, the opening in La Gracia, which is where the original of Leonardo's is. And we're projecting our film, the tableau, on that building. As what we're doing do you in think Milan, is better? And we're also doing it in Rome. So that's, that's, that's how it started, and that's what we have. Uh -huh. But something happened. Something happened, and it's suddenly becoming an important work. Excuse me, I am just answering your question. 
And so it's going to be in museums all over the world, even before I finished the film. So it actually was to begin the, the first 10 minutes of my major movie, which I should have finished by maybe six months from now. So you'll know about the big feature because it's quite epic in, in nature. That's how it's going to be right now. Now, I understand this, um, the current project, the, the, the Living Tableau, was privately screened for Pope Francis. So uh, if you could just share with us the details about his reaction to it. I can't tell you directly because I wasn't physically there, but I can tell you that all of the ad campaigns that we've done, the promotion of the Tableau, we have the full support of the Vatican. It's a very rare thing. Uh, we ran full-page ads in the newspapers in Italy, and the, the Vatican itself is one of our sponsors, along with the head of the motion picture division here. We have political people, and there's about six sponsors of the Tableau already from Italy, and one of them is full sponsorship and support of the Vatican. So that says it all right there. That is wonderful. Well, uh, Francesca and Dante, um, I'd like to get your input of what it was like working on this project and your input. Working in this project was great because the, the last dinner of Leonardo, last dinner, Papa, the last time he was, I mean, the master, one of the great masterpiece of the Italian art and, uh, and uh, it's so unique and so doing this uh, um, to have the possibility to, to make this it was a great emotion uh, thanks uh, Armando also that is a great director and, Ike, and Vittorio Toraro that he did a fantastic uh, picture uh, Photography. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, we uh, we were very very happy uh, to have uh, the chance to do this uh, this project, and uh, we start from the beginning, from the scratch, in uh, on the stage, and uh, and uh, we built the set, and uh, I uh, I made the dressing of uh, of uh, I mean everything about the, the tapestries on the walls of the walls and the two walls the the table and all uh, all the detail about the table clothes about uh, I did uh, I think uh, six or seven table clothes in different uh, in different. Uh, uh, material and uh, and then we painted we painted we aged we aged uh, even the tapestry I mean uh, to get the real uh, tone that Armando liked we we I mean I I think that the painter was us day <laughs> only doing this and but at the end I think that this, uh, the result was was. It was nice. It was very nice. Uh, even uh, I made a research in the, about the period, about uh, I mean, uh, the, the, uh, so even for the dishes with the, the food, I pay a lot of attention about uh, um, all the all the details for the table, of course. 
And then, uh, I mean, uh, I think that was the, the result. I'm very, very happy and very proud of this. Uh, for me, the problem was only one thing, because uh, I don't like uh, the fish, because <laughs> last after was with a piece of a fish. I prefer something like uh, the, some spaghetti or something like this. You know, I'm Italian, what can I say? takes care of the few, and the few takes care of the many. 
That's really the simplicity of it. One takes care of the few, and the few takes care of the many. And it applies here. It applies here. Definitely does. And so uh, how can, I know this will be virtually uh, captured for people around the world. I understand in Jerusalem, uh, the spot where Jesus walked, and in Milan at the UNESCO World Heritage Site, in Rome, uh, it's just all over the world. But in America here, uh, is there a website that people can go to to make sure they can see it, or how, how can people see it here in the USA? Uh, what's happening is usual. It's, it's usual. I used to do a lot of PR in my early days uh, as a designer and consultant in films. And the PR people in America, it's so huge. It's, you know, America is the biggest country in the world in, in terms of publicity. And it has to be very well planned. We've got the best PR company in the world, PMK. And they're preparing right now. And you will hear it. You're going to hear about it in St. Peter's. You're going to hear about it in the museums there. There's interest from, interest from the Metropolitan. I'd like to add something here that I think would be interesting to you. When you have a Pietà or a Mona Lisa, you, you have one painting. But that one painting has to go on tour. But the beauty of, of being an artist in the 21st century, every, every showing of the tableau in any situation is the original. It's not, it's like Tutankhamun. You don't have, have duplicate copies of Tutankhamun. They would be considered fakes. But this one, this work, because it is 21st century and a digital work of art, and I classify it as a work of art because I was duplicating a work of art. And that's why the Louvre is interested. We have uh, museums all over Europe that are going to have this in their in their beautiful museums, but each one will be an original. So that's the unique part of it. That it's the first time that you would have a, an identical copy of the Mona Lisa without it being a fake. The original is the original wherever it is. So that's a very unique thing. And so everyone that sees it will have the same impression that they, they would have in the Louvre or in the Metropolitan. That's a very unique thing about the 21st century. You have a, you have a mother that gives birth yeah. to I, you have a mother that's giving birth to identical twins by the hundreds. <laughs> oh, so, that is a unique way to that's look, way at you it, look at it. That's, yeah, that's where it is. And my last question: we really have to call, uh, get someone's comments about the score, the film, the music, and the score, I understand that the London Symphony Orchestra is a part of it, so who would like to speak on that before we close out? Only that Rossini, being one of the great master Italian composers, was one of the finest of the compositions of the Stabat Mater. The Stabat Mater is the basic melodic musical theme of the crucifixion of Jesus, and the it is Italian, and it is a reverent comp composition for the the existing of the Eucharist, Eucharist and Jesus and his apostles. That's what it's all about. So I chose Rossini because he's it's a masterpiece recording, masterpiece recording, and you'll hear it and you'll see it and you'll see it identically working behind 
be in Orleans, the Last Supper. Well, I can't wait. I know the whole world cannot wait to see this wonderful uh, 21st century masterpiece that all of you have uh, input and brought your talents to, all of these Academy Awards collectively among all of you. What, what is it, nine or ten uh, Oscars that combined together all of you have or, or something like that? So that makes it for sure. Nine, okay. So here we are in Easter season and Oscar season. So this is a perfect project for both. So I want to thank all of you from calling for calling in all the way from Italy, and uh, for bringing us this amazing project. And I look forward, Amanda, to seeing the full film once it's released. Uh, I'm assuming early God. next year, sometime. God bless you. The only thing I would like to add is very emotional is that I am Latin as well, my family is Spanish, and having Dante and Vittorio and Francesca, we're lovers, we love each other. And so we put that love in the making of that film, that's for sure. There's a lot of love in that film. That's wonderful. The first time the three of you have worked together on a project? Yes, yes, I've I've watched Dante's work when I was a younger man, and, and of course, Vittorio was my favorite cinematographer, that's why I asked him to do it, and he did it with great pleasure and great love. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, anyway, again, I want to thank all three of you, Dante, Armando, Francesca, thank you, and just have a, God bless all of you, and have a wonderful Easter season, and we hope to talk to you maybe in the next project, maybe a a follow-up to Casino, I would love that. Okay, thank you very much. Happy, happy Thank you. Thank you, Janice. Okay. Are you okay. talking about Casino? Yes. Yeah. No, no. yeah. <laughs> because I know you are everybody, uh, you are in Las Vegas. I've been in Las Vegas and in Casino. So, listen, I know very well the place. Anyway, oh, good. thank you very, very much good. for okay. the interview. Uh, what can I say? Uh, you have to play something at the casino. Maybe you can earn some money. <laughs> Go play the bet. <laughs> Go play the bet okay. in honor, honor of you. Okay, we'll do that. Well, okay. Thank you all again. And talk to you hopefully on another project. Take care, man. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dan. Bye-bye. Okay, Ryan. Well, thanks. Okay, we're done. What an honor it was for me to chat with these acclaimed international uh, filmmakers here, executive producer, director, Armando Linus Acosta, production designer Dante Ferretti, and set decorator Francesca Lo Schiavo. Now, The Living Tableau is also available on the EWTN network, the Catholic network, and it's there airing. You should see it. It's nine minutes, but it's very powerful and very beautifully done. It's available for the next 12 days on the EWTN network, on their YouTube channel, and also on their Facebook channel as well. You can also get more details about the film on their Instagram page. Yes, the 
Project has its own Instagram page. It's kind of a long uh, Instagram handle. So the quickest and the fastest way is just go to Instagram, go to their search box and type in the words, The Living Tableau. And that's spelled T-A-B-L-E-A-U. And you type in those three words and it'll all pop up for you on Instagram. And if you want to go to the project's website, that location is thelivingtableau.com. But go to Instagram because it has a lot of really cool pictures. And uh, you know how Instagram rolls. They got everything just so colorful and cool for all of us there. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will have our next guest right here on Film Festival Radio Show. Yeah, Tommy and I were having way too much fun. But, you know, it's fun when you talk to people who are from your hometown and just kind of reminisce there a little bit. But, again, Ready to Love airs Friday nights on the OWN Network, 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. But always check your listings for the exact time in your area. And so that brings me to our next guest, our final guest here, Um you guys are familiar with the show. Of course you are. Manifest on NBC is, is an action-packed hit drama show, series. Yeah, it's, it's back also. All these shows are doing their new season gigs here. So Manifest uh, is back for their third season that launched a couple of days ago on Thursday, and um, 8 o'clock p.m., by the way. And for those of you who are fans of the show, Okay, you saw the season premiere, and for those of you who did not see it, I'm not going to be a spoiler, but but for season three, shocking revelations are going to be revealed, the answer to a lot of mysteries that kind of left us hanging at the end of season two, and speaking of mysteries, what happened to the passengers on flight 828? Mm-hmm. We just kind of want to know that. Well, all of that will be answered uh, throughout season three. So continue to tune in, NBC, Manifest, you know the rest of it. So for this interview, we talked to two of the cast members. We talked to Josh Dallas, who stars as Ben Stone, and Athena Karkanis, or is it Karkanis? I'm going to let her answer that, her last name, K-A-R-K-A-N-I-S. And she stars as Grace Stone. Uh, they, of course, are a married couple on the show. But they're going to talk with us about what we can expect from Season 3 of Manifest. And so I had so much fun talking to them. They're going to catch me kind of like, you know how you're thinking out loud and you don't, now people are listening to you. Well, that's kind of what happened with this. So, okay, let's roll it with uh, Josh Dallas and Athena Karkanis. Karkanis. Uh, she's going to tell me and straighten me out. So let's take a listen right now. And we'll be talking with the two of the stars of Manifest, Josh Dallas, who stars as Ben Stone, and Athena who stars as Mrs. Stone, Athena Karkanis. Let me tell her name. Karkanis. Karkanis? Well, she stars as Grace Stone. Okay. I will, I will accept Karkanis or Karkanis. There is no you can hear me? Oh, my God. I'm sorry, <laughs> Athena. <laughs> I was just, you guys are ear hustling me. Stop it. <laughs> 
Well, okay. I can say good morning to both of you, uh, Josh and Athena. And uh, so here we are. Season three is about to start for Manifest Thursday night, April 1, 8 p.m. NBC. So I have three questions for season three, which picks up three months after season two ended. Three is the magic number. I'm in Vegas. I need to go play the number three on something. Okay. <laughs> Starting. That's right. That's it. So, okay, okay. Uh, this season, I understand that we will get to see and meet Grace's side of the family. Um, gee, in-laws, that can be kind of scary. So what can we expect from the in-laws? <laughs> it's actually not the in-laws because the in-laws, we Ben's parents, we've met in the first few seasons. So it's actually my um, my brother-in-law, uh, brother-in-law, my stepbrother. Oh, okay. um, from whom I, or Grace, has been estranged up until this point. Um, so it's a, it's a very nice little um, story arc that happens between Grace and her stepbrother um, where you learn why he hasn't been in her life up to this point. I'm sorry, I have sirens oh, outside okay. my window. Um, New York, gotta love it. <laughs> uh, and um, and uh, we're, we're joined by a wonderful actor named Warner Miller who plays the role of Grace's stepbrother. And in, in the first half of the season, we see this very beautiful story arc between them, between the two, um, the two step-siblings. Um, and it's, uh, this, Grace and her kids are, are sort of sent there and kind of forced to reconcile um, because of a new threat that is presented to the Stone family. So that's what kind of nudges us in, the, in that direction with the story. Okay, well, that clears that up, then, so we can expect more. Because <laughs> I was wondering, wow, in-laws here. So we we got that mostly cleared up. We'll just have to tune in to see the rest of it. So, okay, now, Josh, your guy, Ben Stone, uh, as we all know, he's been on the hunt for um, about Flight 828, the Kelvin and all that kind of great stuff. But, that, but you guys, your characters, you take on this Flight 828 passenger, who's kind of like a ooky spooky. What's going on with the Flight 828 passenger? Who is this? Can you tell us more about him? Well, I, I can't. He's a fellow passenger who has a special ability uh, with the callings that they get. Uh-huh. And he proves to be someone, uh, so Ben thinks, uh, can be very useful to the passengers as a group, as a community, to help them survive. Um, but, you know, you're going to have to tune in to see whether or not that is actually true or not. <laughs> <laughs> so he's kind of a unique, special person, character. That's all we can you can tell us. Okay. I, I, I would say that, and he becomes very, uh, very key and important to the overall story of the passengers um, halfway through the season. Okay. Well, now, your character... He's a great character. I can't wait for people to meet him. Can you tell us his name? No? I mean, I guess so. Uh, Egan. Oh, that's an interesting name. I can already see the vibes of... Hmm, that kind of a name, yeah. 
Now, okay, we'll, we'll tune in and you can get the rest of those vibes. We'll tune in for sure. So, okay, your characters, uh, Ben and Grace, you guys have a new baby, little Eden. And so what is that going to bring to the storyline? I mean, you know, you're facing a lot of new hurdles. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about how that's going to change with having now the new baby? It definitely brings some adorableness to the screen. I gotta say, our babies, and I say babies because they're played by twins, are so cute. Um, but it, uh, I think it just raises the stakes because now there's this new, very fragile life that um, is brought into this very turbulent situation. And um, so the baby is, you know, yet another being that needs to be protected, and it sort of presents new challenges because, you know, as many of the parents know, like, it's harder with a baby. So imagine that you have the life that Ben and Grace have, and then add a baby to it. Oh, yes, definitely. It's not like going to Babies Are Us or something with your characters. It's way different, as we all can see here. So, okay, we'll have to tune in. We're just going to tune in period, to get all the answers, <laughs> all of our questions here. Great to hear that. Well, now, okay, I mean. Tune in, period. Now, are you guys having any live tweeting Thursday night or what? Uh, yeah, there are some things going on uh, like that. Uh, I think both on Twitter and Instagram, I think. You know, I think on the NBC handles, uh, I think you can find some of that stuff going on. Okay. And so you guys will be a part of it or, or what? I definitely am one of them. And I can't remember which one, but I think it's the NBC handle. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll just... Yeah. I think the past, um, all of us are doing a takeover of... I think that's the Warner Brothers, yeah, the Warner oh, Brothers okay. handle. Yeah. Okay, so the takeover. Okay, well, we'll, we'll definitely be a part. I want to be a part of that as well. And finally. Uh, great. Yeah, yeah, I want to be, I love to do the live tweets with the celebrities. That's a lot of fun. Uh, I never add anything. I just like ear hustling, you know, looking at what everybody else is saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, finally, um of course, everybody was on lockdown, but did you did you two have friends or or family at trying to trying to pry information about what's going to happen in the new season or what? Did we lose? Sorry, Janice, we lost you on that last question. Oh, I was just wondering. My this this is my last question. Did you guys have friends and family try to pry information out of you as to what's going to happen for the new season or or what? Yes. <laughs> it, it's, um, it's very hard to talk about this season at all because every there are so many twists and turns that everything that happens is a spoiler. Um, so I, I, I'm not very good at keeping secrets. So if, if, if my friends and family come to me, then I, I say, you really want me to spoil it for you? And then I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. My wife. Loves this. My wife loves the show. She watches the show, but she 
doesn't want to know anything. She takes it very seriously, and uh, it's her show, and it's she likes to watch it, and she doesn't want to know what's going to happen beforehand. My mother, however, will always try to get some kind of information out of me about what I'm filming that day and, you know, what happened this week. And, of course, I never tell her, which drives her crazy. But uh, I, I think that's the way it should be. Oh, yeah. My mother actually asked me to email her the script. Oh, she wants to read them. <laughs> Your mom is serious. <laughs> That's amazing. Goodness. She's a super fan, my mother. That's a super but she's my mother. <laughs> oh, yeah, she gets all the preferential treatment, of course. Well, Josh and Athena, thank you both. All questions, at least they will start to be answered on Thursday, April 1, NBC, Manifest, 8 p.m., Everybody has to figure it out on their own time zones because I don't do time zones, just like I don't do, um, you know, metric system. I don't do time zones either. So people can <laughs> figure it out themselves. So thank you guys so much. I will be tuning in and tweeting in. So, again, thank you so much for chatting with me. You've been a lot of fun. Thanks, Thanks so Okay. Take care, then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we are back with more of the show here with me, Janice Malone. Our next guest, uh, superstar Hollywood producer Will Packer. We are more than familiar with so many of his hit television shows. Well, one of those shows is his very popular dating show called Ready to Love, and it's on the OWN television network, and it's back for a brand new season. Uh, in fact, uh, they had their season premiere last night, Friday night, on the OWN Network, and is hosted by Thomas Tommy Miles, and he is back with an all-new cast of uh, people who are ready to love, and this time they shot all of the episodes in Houston, which is, of course, my hometown where I grew up, born, well, I was born in Dallas, but I grew up in Houston, and, you know, they're getting with these these very good-looking, very successful couples and individuals, and they're wanting a real-life dating experience and, you know, serious stuff, not just, uh, as we say, booty calls. No, they, this is real. They want lasting love, and they want an authentic relationship. And to further speak of the show, Ready to Love, they have helped make the OWN Network, this show, has made OWN Number one on Friday nights, that slot, that category, that genre for African-American viewers, thanks to this show, Ready to Love. Uh, as I said, the series is produced by Will Packer, and he's got just so many hit shows out here, and this is just one on his list. So millions of radio listeners out here, we kind of old school people, we really know who Nephew Tommy is. Well, Nephew Tommy is also Thomas Miles. And Nephew Tommy is such a hit on Steve Harvey's hit radio show, the syndicated radio show, the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Nephew Tommy, oh my God, he is the undisputed king of radio pranks. And if you have not gotten the chance to check out who Nephew Tommy is and what he does on the Steve Harvey Morning Radio Show, go listen to the Steve Harvey Radio Show if you haven't done so already, or just go to Nephew Tommy's YouTube channel and just listen to some of the classic 
funny pranks that he has done on just innocent people like us, not, you know, minding our own business. But for now, let's go to an interview that I did with Thomas, Tommy Miles, on, when did we do this interview? I think we did it Thursday. Yeah, we did it Thursday. So uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with this, talking about his uh, show that he hosts, his TV show, Ready to Love. So let's take a listen right now to me and Thomas, Tommy Miles. I am doing great, Tommy. It is such a pleasure to finally meet you and chat with you. I am such a longtime fan out of all of the major celebrities that I've talked to for years. This is my first time chatting with you, and it is such a thrill for me. Thank you so much for the for your time Thank here. You. Well, Thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure. Yeah, well, um, I'm a person who grew up in Houston. And what? Yes, sir. I grew up in Houston. And so uh, I understand that Ready to Love premieres new season, April 2, own network. And this will be a whole new cast. So so all 13 episodes, were they all taped in Houston or what? Yes, everything's in Houston. Everything is all over Houston from, you know, from downtown to all the hot spots in the city, the Galleria, you name it. Oh, yeah. they are, we shot all over the city. So you're going to... You're going to tune in this season, and you're going to get that real Houston flavor. We're not on a resort this time. We are smack dab in the middle of Houston. And, uh, of course, we're COVID-19 safe. We're being very cautious, but we are all over the city. So if you're from Houston like I am, trust me, this one is going to represent. Well, I need to be reminded of my home city uh, there. Are you guys – I know you know this place. The original French's chicken on Scott Street. Oh my God! Oh my God! You know they moved the original one. Oh really? So uh, yeah, you know it used to be, used to be on Scott Street right yeah. over by TSU and, and U of H. Yeah. But they have moved it. Um, I guess closer to the freeway, right? Right by 45. Oh, that makes. So it's sense. not that far. You know, maybe a mile down the road they moved it, but uh, it's still the. It's still there. Best chicken in the city. Yes, it is. Holding it down. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Tommy, one of the things that I like about your new season is that uh, you have a cast with blended ages. They're from like 20-something all the way up to 50-something. So yeah. now tell us yeah. about that. You know what? I think it's just uh, some people find it at different points in their life that they're looking for love. You know, a lot of people have uh, been out there grinding and, and, and getting it with their their professions and, and, and haven't looked up, haven't taken time to be in a relationship. And some of them have been in relationships that just didn't work. You know, some of them have kids and they, you know, they're, they're hustling. And so, you know, when we go to, when we start picking and choosing who's going to be on the show, I think you get all different types of decades that are ready and say, you know what, let me, let me try something different. I think you get it from the twenties all the way to the fifties of people that want to try something different and step out, let me stop what I've been doing, and let me just see if I can find somebody for me. And, and I don't think that has a an age on it. I think it's just, you know, it's, it's your time, and you're looking for it. Now, how did you guys go about finding the couple, the people, I should say? Is, was it like a, a shout-out audition, or, or just how did this go for this season? Uh, I think there's there a huge mail-out once you decide what city it's going to be in. I think there's a huge push, and people start we start getting plenty of people 
pouring in uh, all the information. Of course, there is a, uh, an incredible background check. That is very important. Yes, now <laughs> so, and, 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 you know, you start picking and choosing, and you want, mm-hmm. you want excitement, and you want uh, someone who's going to bring some excitement, but also someone who is genuinely, really, truly looking for love. And, and uh, I, think, I think you'll find that this season there are some people that really want to find somebody. Mm-hmm. So I think the pickings, I think the producers did very well on who they chose for this season. And um, I think you'll be very impressed with your city on, on what you see displayed this time. I can't wait to see it. I really can't wait to see it. Again, it's Friday, April 2nd, 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Pacific, for us like me here in the Pacific area. So with that in mind, uh, someone, one of the, your viewers wanted me to ask you, um, any, any updates about previous people who have been on the show that you can share, or are you allowed to do that? Yeah, I can do that. Um, anybody in particular? No, they just—they didn't give me any names. They just want to know, well, what's, did anybody get married? Or are they still together? That kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't know if anybody got married just yet. There are a few couples that I think are still dabbling together. There are some people that, I, uh, from what I understand, that didn't make a connection until after everything was completely over. So you got people that are still dating within the 20 people that they met of, of the episode of the season that they were in. And uh, that's always interesting to me. You know, I was—I actually thought, you know, season one, I thought Shay and Big Mike, I thought that was a done deal. I thought that was a home run. They were going to be together. Mm-hmm. And then things don't work out. You know, uh, I think they're still the best of friends. Uh, everyone always asks me about Alex because he's the one that got um, uh, brain flu, something that I had never heard before. And he was in a coma for a very long time. And that brother has bounced back. You know, he's not 100%. But he is—he's definitely uh, functioning. He checks in with me periodically and let me know how he's doing. And um, uh, his mom might shoot me a text every now and then. So I have become like the big brother to these people, and they still stay connected with me. And that—that's—that's kind of awesome uh, within itself. I like it. And uh, so yeah, I can—you know—if I think about uh, who else, there's somebody else. Uh, London, London from season two, doing very well. I'm not quite sure if he and that young lady still stay connected. So that that's something I gotta find out. But but for the most part, yeah, I'm the big brother. They still check in. A lot of people are still doing good. And um, you know, I haven't checked on the late you know, this past season, season three, we were in the middle of the reunion and I got two guys possibly that's got babies on the way. I got a lady that's pregnant, she got a baby on the way. I'm like, Oh my God. So I was like, this is a mess. So I'll let you guys know the next time you and I talk how the babies are doing. How about that? Yes. And and did anybody (laughs) name the baby after you? No, please don't. (laughs) Please don't. Uncle Tommy. I got my my own three kids and that's it. (laughs) That's enough. Wow. Well, Tommy, I'm, I'm going back. We'll talk about that later. But, Thomas, what about... Are you finding that, you know, when you're traveling, because you travel a lot, are people coming up to you, hey, man, give me, I'm, I'm, give me some dating advice. Are you finding that or what? Listen, I am not only having that traveling. I am having people that live in my neighborhood, uh, people that are family members <laughs> saying, hey, we'd like you to come over and talk to us. I'm like, like about what? <laughs> and they're like, well, we're going through some things. I'm like, hey, I'm not. 
I'm, I'm not a like a real counselor. I said, but I can give you advice, and and, and that's the you know that's what I tell people on the show. I'm not some textbook. I'm not some professor. You know, I'm not this person that's got all these degrees telling you how a relationship is supposed to go. But I am a person that's been married for 20 years. So I can tell you what I have been through. I can give you advice from my perspective. I can tell you watching my mother and father who were together forever until my father passed away. You know, I can give you what I have seen. And, and that's being upfront and real and transparent with you of what I can do. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, the, the, guy that knows all this of what you should and shouldn't do, but I can just be genuine and just give you, you know, the best advice that I can give. And that's it. That's all you can do. And they have to take it from there and run with it or not. Exactly. Or not. Exactly. Well, I always like to ask, uh, you know, the celebrities who have uh, new seasons or shows premiering, will there be any live tweeting? Will you be doing any of that or, or some of the cast members on April 2? Live tweeting, of course. Okay. Yes, all all the whole day. Okay. Oh yeah, trust me, you'll 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 uh, definitely get this from me. Um, I'll be shouting out throughout the entire season from from IG to you don't be getting it all from me. So every every outlet of social media, you know, follow follow Thomas Miles and nephew uh, nephew Tommy EXP, the nephew Tommy EXP, which is the nephew Tommy experience. And follow me, and I'm going to give you all the juices on what's happening, what's not happening, and what to stay tuned for. Oh, wow, this could be so much fun, so much fun. Are you surprised, or were you surprised, when uh, they knocked on your, the producers knocked on your door for, to host this show? Because as, Oh, my God, <laughs> was not <I> surprised. <laughs> you know what, I, I, um, uh, Will Packer and I became friends uh, years before he called me. And, um, you know, he told me one day, hey, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have something for you one day. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, and you know, you know, that's the, the Hollywood thing. Yeah, yeah, all right. You know, and you just think, okay, he's just talking. And he gave me a call and says, hey, I just got this show picked up for the own network and, uh, guess who's the host? And I was like, come on, dude. I'm, and I'm thinking, you know, this must be a prank phone call because, you know, oh, everybody's yeah. always trying to get me. Yes. You know, I was like, come on, man, this is a prank. This is not funny. This is so not cool. He says, no, Tommy, you're the host. I said, are you serious? And I just, you know, hit my knees and started crying. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all because, you know, I was looking at the numbers and I was seeing how uh, this show was, was highly rated for among uh, owns a uh, number one rated show for Friday nights for African American viewers, and that's 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 a big deal. Congratulations on that. Thank you, thank you very much. That's a blessing, man. That's, it really is. That's all I can say. <laughs> it really is. Well, lastly, as I said, you are undoubtedly the king of pranks, as nephew <laughs> Tommy. And so has anyone really, I know a lot of people claim, oh, yeah, I'm going to get Tommy. I got him. Has anybody really got you? Any celebrities? Nobody's gotten me yet. Ah. But that's the deal, though, is that there's so many people trying. And, and, you know, it's it's a lot. There's quite a few that have tried. It just hasn't happened yet. And trust me, I know my day is coming. Come on, I got over (laughs) 400 pranks out there. Somebody gonna get me sooner or later. Hey, they're gonna get you. And uh, I just, I just hope they aren't able to record it and run it across the country. Because I'm sure when you get me, it's not gonna be good. Tommy gonna go left. Oh uh, yeah. So 
yeah. you know. Well, it, it hasn't happened yet, but, you know, who knows? Somebody's, somebody's always, you know, Shaq has tried, didn't get me. I got Shaq, he didn't get me. Um, I remember that. Uh, let's, oh, my God, who else did I get? I got, um, I got Kirk Franklin. Uh, I've gotten quite a few. I've gotten quite a few when it comes to stars. Now, did you did you ever get, or did you really get Steve Harvey, or did he ever try yes. to get you? Okay. No, I got him, but I had to strategically do it. So you have to Google, you have to Google nephew Tommy pranks Steve Harvey. You okay. have to listen to that because okay. there's a, it's a certain way I did it to make it work, and uh, and I and I knew I could do it, but uh, I pulled it off, and he was just. He was floored, but I got it. You got it. Well, before we wrap this up, I must tell you, speaking of uh, pranks and nephew Tommy, um, my mom passed away in 2017, and I'm an only child, so it was like triple hard on me. However, mm-hmm. Thomas, listening to your nephew Tommy pranks, you have no idea how therapeutic that's been for me. And I just want to thank you. Mm-hmm. Just want to thank you for your talents on that. It's, it's been amazing. In fact, oh, I'm good. last night I had to go back. I got my own little little file. I saved my favorites. And last night okay. I said, I'm going to be talking to Thomas tomorrow. And I had to go back and play <laughs> Brother Springwater and the Mobile Baptismal Tool. <laughs> oh, God. How, how crazy is that? <laughs> I'm just telling people go Google it. Go go to go to Nephew Tommy's channel. Just go Google it. That's all. And listen to the unedited version. There you go. There you That's go. It. That's oh it. my God. Ooh. You know what's funny? Like my my father uh, uh, passed away in 2015, mm-hmm. and before he passed, he was like, "I want you to make me a CD, boy, and I want you to put." This, this, this deacon and this thing, you know, because I pranked this deacon about he was getting ready to have surgery. So in, in the name of it, yes. can I have your kidney? I remember. And my, my pops wanted that on his CD. And I said, I said, is that all you want? He said, yeah, but I want it to stay on there. I want it to keep going. He wanted the entire CD to just have that one prank on it. So it would just keep going and keep going. Oh, goodness. And that was his favorite, and I mean, he burnt that CD you know, listening to that thing, man. I know. It's worth it. Ready to Love, season premiere, April 2, 9 to 10 p.m. on the OWN Network. Thank you so very much to finally chat with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, then. Take care, and we'll be tweeting with you live. All right. Stay blessed. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, I want to thank all six of my guests for joining us on this Easter Celebration Resurrection Sunday weekend. And, of course, thank all of you for listening as always. So make it a very blessed and very happy Resurrection Weekend. And we'll see you next week on another edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.